twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever.
but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming again. I, if you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. God became incarnate in Jesus. 
We argued with one another, as siblings do, us and Jesus. We still made mistakes, big and small, destructive and corrosive. But sometimes we got it right, too. We heard Jesus speak of love, and we gained courage and curiosity. Love got bigger. Suffering was still big, too, though. Mostly because of all those human mistakes. The violent ones, the catastrophic ones, and the systematic ones. Jesus had a lot of work to do. And to some degree, we joined him as best we could. Jesus preached love, and Jesus loved us. Jesus preached healing, and Jesus healed us. Jesus preached truth and justice. And Jesus got in trouble. Truth about justice is dangerous among the ranks of human power. It is hard to heal people who do not see how their wounds are inflicting damage on others. Jesus knew his time was growing short. And so he preached a long goodbye. In it, he promised to not leave us alone. He promised that God would send an advocate. Once upon a time, the advocate showed up. Resurrected Jesus breathed the Holy Advocate into us. Holy Spirit, beautiful, God was now in us. We became and still are vessels for God. The advocate decided to advocate through each of us. To varying degrees, we opened ourselves to that energy. We set forth to carry God's love to every corner of the earth, to continue to speak of truth and justice, to continue to heal and love and mend this world, to continue to be with God, to cry with God at the atrocities. To laugh with God at the beauty, to rejoice with God in love. Once upon a time, we at long last knew ourselves to be God's children and God's siblings and God's vessels. And so, like Peter and Paul, we carried God's story to others. Like Lydia, we heard, we listened, we believed. And like Lydia, we responded by offering hospitality. Like the writer of Revelations, we recognized the Spirit speaking in our dreams and visions. And we offered up our words to allow the Spirit to be known through us. Sometimes, in trying to do God's work, we ended up hurting others. Still do. Sometimes just navigating our human lives, we end up hurting others But I think if we are humble, if we listen well, if the Holy Spirit is allowed into us, then the Holy Spirit can pull us back and redirect our course and equip us to reconcile with those who we have hurt and then send us back out, joining us. 
And when we see places where people are still blindly and haphazardly hurting one another, we know that we need to embody the Holy Spirit even more fully. So that whatever healing God can do in this world might be done through us. <coughs> through us individually, communally, and hopefully here in our church. Once upon a time, the Spirit arrived on Elm Street in Comfort Country. The Spirit must have danced around this land before that. Through Native Americans, through settlers who came for religious freedom, definitely through transcendentalists, and through a group of Christians who founded this church and have spent 130 years praying together. I have a feeling that the Holy Spirit can breathe deeply in this place in a way that amplifies holy energy. Has there not been some moments in your life here when you have felt big energy in this place? When you have felt a wave of love or compassion or even sorrow that needed to be felt or undefined expansiveness? Maybe you have sensed the Spirit's fingerprints in the residual prayers of hundreds of thousands of women and men and children in this place. Sometimes I swear the stones in these walls are covered with the Holy Spirit's fingerprints. Maybe you have served on altar guild or in some other capacity in which you find yourself alone in these worship spaces and yet have felt quite unalone as you go about your work. Maybe you were here yesterday as 72 people from around our deanery were confirmed or received around this altar rail here. And maybe you sensed the brightness of the Holy Spirit on someone's face just after the bishop laid hands upon them and prayed the Spirit deeper into them. Maybe you have your own unique story of the Spirit in your life. I'd be willing to bet on the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, promised to all of us, including you. Because once upon a time, God made you, and Jesus accompanied you, and the Holy Spirit was poured into you. And to that I say,
Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we give thanks and to pray for the Anglican Church of Kenya, for Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, and for reconciliation in the worldwide Anglican community. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we give thanks and to pray for the ministries of Christ Church, High Park, Iglesia de San Juan, High Park. Ascension Memorial Church in Switch, St. John's Church, Jamaica Plains, and the Mount Hope Buzzards Bay Deary. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. I ask for prayers for Michael, our presiding bishop, for Alan and Gail, our bishops. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons.
class on this coming Saturday morning and she's also going to have a group on Thursday afternoon. Uh, more details in the bulletin. Pentecost is coming on the 15th of May. We are especially in need of someone who can be in Hebrew and someone who can be Italian. And then there's Portuguese and Russian, etc. Good morning and happy spring. I am Patsy and I think it gives me great pleasure to invite you to attend the Conference Chorus Concert, a live offering Bob Chilcott's setting of the Latin music rhetoric, a little jazz mass, accompanied by jazz trio, Olaf Jello's Kumitatas, Terry Perrigan's A Light Existing Spring, words by Anthony Dickinson, Eric Whitaker's setting of Brothers Rugged Clippings, The Steel Lullaby, and other works by Eric Esmeralds and Bruce Walker. We would love to have you with us. I have tickets and I'll be at the coffee hour after Soon, all of you will receive an invitation. Many of you will respond, and the invitation will be for all the parish art show to be held this summer. I don't have the dates in the head, but there will be an invitation, and in my absence in the summer, Debbie Scott will be in charge. Thank you, Mark. Today, 5 o'clock, Linda Hospital, 5.30, Coralie Masson. As most of you know, we've gone through many iterations in this building project. 
So we're very appreciative of all that so many have done. Despite that recognition, it's very appropriate to honor the following three individuals because they have been absolutely indispensable in ensuring that we have the beautiful facilities we have built and have done within spec, on time, within budget, and financed creatively and at very low interest. I'd appreciate it if Charlie Stone, Steve Newbold, and Bob Cooney would join me here at the lake. Unfortunately, I don't have time to do any of them justice, but I'll just make a few brief comments about what some of the examples that have done on behalf of our dream. Uh, starting with Charlie, as many of you know, we hit a major stumbling block some years ago, and it wasn't apparent that we were going to be able to build anything. Charlie and Steve worked with our wonderful architects at Taylor and Burns to create a major value of engineering, uh, engineering redesign. And once that, they got things back on track, and for well over a year, Charlie spent every Thursday morning with a, at a construction meeting where he would scrutinize that week's work, checking to make sure that the entire team was on schedule, and to make that the design documents uh, were appropriate and stayed within budget. Um, I was there as well, and I could just sit back and, and watch things. Charlie had me on his A game every week for over a year. Incredible. Uh, Charlie was on site virtually every day, in fact, and ended up spending so much time in Trinity that his wife, Molly, remi had reminded him where his real home address was. <laughs> Charlie continues to work with this, the, our contractor uh, to complete remaining punch list items, landscaping requirements, uh, in order to secure our occupancy. Finally, well, not finally, but Charlie was also responsible for the beautiful Christmas tree we had in the courtyard. Moving on to Steve. Again, this is just a quick synopsis. Steve was instrumental in getting our building project back on track when the outlook was dire with respect to our budget. He spent countless hours with the architects exploring alternatives for the River Street House, which is a key linchpin for the entire endeavor. Steve somehow managed to keep his day job during this process, but that meant that he was often here at the crack of dawn, literally, and late at night. In fact, working in tandem with Charlie, they really almost uh, achieved 24-hour coverage many times. Steve played a pivotal role in the undercroft, in that he located an alternative contractor to complete the undercroft at two-thirds of the original quote and enabled us to be on a very tight budget, uh, a very tight schedule, I should say, uh, particularly with respect to the goals for the fair, which was a very successful you know. Steve continues to serve as a liaison with investors concerning building project. And thanks to Steve's and Charlie's expertise, commitment, and energy, they saved Trinity truly hundreds of thousands of dollars while ensuring that we ended up with beautiful and well-built facilities. Finally, but not last, Bob Truman. While many of you have seen Charlie and Steve over time and known them of their involvement, you probably are not so aware of the critical role that Bob has played in this entire process. Bob is another unsung hero, much like John Woodward, whom we honored recently, in that much of his critical work has been done behind the scenes and out of the spotlight. For starters, many years ago, Bob initiated and led the finance and investment committee's efforts to restructure Trinity's various investment funds so that we would be in a position to borrow money to finance this project. We won't go into detail, but trust me, 
we would not have these buildings. It would be impossible. We needed those funds uh, repositioned, and Bob and his team did that. Working closely with Catherine Berger, Bob secured a very creative financial, a very creative financial arrangement with Citizens Bank, and at a rate that minimized interest expenses. Trust me, it was creative, brilliant. Beyond our building project, Vestry and I have taken advantage of Bob's legal and business background to solicit his advice on many different contractual issues. Like Steve and Charlie, Bob has worked tirelessly on behalf of Trinity. As a small token of our appreciation, we'd like to give them a nice frame print of our church. Please join me in thanking them. Brothers and 
son was pleased to accept the loving service of his friends. Bless the ministry of these persons and give them grace that they carry for the vessels and vestments of your worship and the adornment of your sanctuary and make the place of your presence glorious. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of God and of this congregation, I commission you as members of the altar guild of this parish. Thank you for all that you
Let not the needy be forgotten, O Lord, but the hope of the poor be taken away. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. God of all power, ruler of the universe, who are worthy of glory and praise. At your command, all things came to be. The vast expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets in their courses, and this fragile earth, our island home. From the primal elements who brought forth the human race, and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Again and again you called us to return. Through prophets and sages you revealed your righteous law, and in the fullness of time you sent your only Son, born to woman, to fulfill your law, to open for us the way of freedom and peace. And therefore we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with the prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all those in every generation who have looked to and hope, to proclaim with them your glory in this unending hymn. Pardon, Lord, 
and not a renewal. Let the grace of this holy communion make us one body, one spirit in Christ, that we may worthily serve the world in his name. Accept these prayers and praises, Father, through Jesus Christ, our great high priest, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, your church gives honor, glory, and worship from generation to generation. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our
The God of peace and God gift of the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to, to do God's will, working in you that which is well pleasing in God's sight. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always.
Let us go forth into the world. Alleluia, alleluia.